Today's Vodka Conversation is brought to you by Kettle One Vodka. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Mars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Wanjurich. How are you, Dave? All right, Noah. How are you? Feeling pretty good today. Oh. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about an interesting subject, as always, uh, you know, sort of the rise of vodka. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've seen few spirits really in the last 50, 100 years who have, you know, had such a meteoric rise. Oh, know. my God. I mean, vodka redefined American drinking. Absolutely. And, you know, it started from nothing. It started in the, I mean, be- before Prohibition, there was no vodka in America. Right. Very little. There was a little bit, but. To go from zero to basically yeah. sixty in you know, I mean, not even seventy years, let's say. I mean, oh, it's 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 a crazy story. I mean, they the uh, the Waldorf Astoria, maybe the uh, fanciest bar in New York in the late teens, had a bottle of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they probably didn't have and, a year to sell. Yeah, and, like, and they you know. said, you know, somebody said, well, they did make a cocktail with it, but they never wrote it down. Right? Because well, I mean, you know, who cares? Right, and we and we talked a little bit about a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago about the history of vodka cocktails, mm-hmm. and which is, you know, that it was to be honest, a lot more there than you know, I think a lot of writers or mm-hmm. drinkers or bartenders really understand. Oh that. yeah, it goes back. But even still, I mean, even though there were drinks and a lot of them become very popular, mm-hmm. you know, the Bloody Mary or, you know, a screwdriver becomes dominant, like in oh, a way. But it, it races. I mean, people don't understand how fast it grew. Oh, I mean, I, mean, I think it was selling something like 40,000 cases in 1948, right. which was already a lot. Right. And that was because uh, of, during World War II, people drank sure. it. Uh, partly they couldn't get whiskey and it was yeah. Looking- also the Russians were our allies. And, right. uh, you know, it's, it was so it was kind of patriotic. Right. And, uh, and then by like uh, 1950. Two, it was selling like a million and a half cases right. or something. It just, it, I mean, it takes off. It just takes off like I think the fastest growth anybody's ever seen. And it kind of doesn't let up. And we start to see it take out gin and cocktails, right? I mean, oh, yeah, right I away, mean, right away. You know, the martini is, mm-hmm. I mean, even, uh, you know, the Moscow Mule obviously is a huge drink, yeah. almost a breakthrough. And that would have been made with gin before. Right. I mean, it's. I mean, gin was always your light spirit option. Right. So you that know? was, you know, yeah. it, it, you know, if it had been 20 years before, yeah. it would have been probably gin, ginger yeah. beer, and, and lime. And now suddenly it's vodka, it's vodka and the martini, it's where anybody can slap in. Well, I mean, vodka was what all the sharp young men were drinking. Well, you right. know, it's, it's all, all the advertising guys. Yeah, been young. I yeah, mean, they, it was like you know. oh, that old stuff. Also, uh, as, as we've talked about on this podcast, uh, it didn't help that the whiskey was struggling, and uh, right. that you know, blended whiskey was king, and that's not American blended whiskey is a pretty nasty product. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's real interesting. I mean, I think we'll, we have a we have a guest in a little bit at the end of the podcast. We have Carl Nolet from uh, Kettle One, obviously one of the brands that sort of breaks through big time, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the, in oh, the 90s and, and, you know, 2000 kind of powers this, mm-hmm. you know, vodka rebirth. The 50s, 60s, almost that Mad Men era, you know, where you see it on the show where, you know, they're all drinking, you know, screwdrivers right. and a bottle of vodka right, there. Right. And, you know, oh, Roger yeah. Sterling is making, you know, drinks. I and, mean, you've got like bull shots. That's right. a huge drink. Oh, yeah. You know, the Bloody Mary is huge. And the bull shot is what? It's, it's vodka yeah. with like, 
Bloody Mary spices and bouillon. And bouillon, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's. I mean, what the hell? Right? It's a weird drink. <laughs> it's so weird. But uh, about umami, right? Yeah, Before umami was. I mean, a thing. it goes back to Detroit, wouldn't it? Just and of course, uh, the vodka itself, it, it it almost is like kind of just creeping in like rising water. Yeah, you know, because you you see it in some drinks, but what you don't see is like it's spreading and spreading and spreading right. and becoming people's straight drink. You oh, know, yeah. it's becoming people's drink of. A recourse for anything. It's, it's a lot of Americans still drink vodka. That's and it's their drink. One of these things where once it appears, it's hard to even remember what, like the time before it exactly, existed, exactly. Right? I mean, it, like yeah. it, it just takes over and replaces. I mean, it, it was the ultimate invasive species. Right. You know? I was thinking, I was my mind. <laughs> it was, was thinking, the body snatcher. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so like kudzu or something. Yeah. You know, or you comes know, in and yeah. I mean, it's fascinating, and people really take to it, mm-hmm. and in a way that. We see cycles of popularity for, you know, all types of spirits, you know, over the last right. 150, 160 years. And, you know, they have ups and downs because of all types of reasons from taxation to colonial blockades to who knows what. But the growth of vodka is almost it. I think right, it's, it's its own thing, you know, it, it, it it's its own thing. It's its own playbook. I mean, it kind it, of redefines drinks. It, it redefines how we drink in if, America. If you ask me, it's not vodka versus gin or vodka versus whiskey. It's vodka versus all the other spirits put together. Yeah. And it's for people who really, you know, a lot of it is for people who really don't care about, you know, drinking spirits. They're not gin drinkers. They're not whiskey drinkers. They just want, you know, a, a pleasant drink that's not going to kick their ass and <laughs> uh, and burn going down. Right. And, uh, right. you know, it's, it's not going to taste weird. And it'll just be, it'll be fine. You're not kidding. I mean, as long as I can really remember, vodka sold about it's about a third of all sales. Oh yeah, so basically oh, yeah. three out of ten bottles yep. Yep. are vodka, and that and that grows. I mean, it, the growth is mm-hmm. fairly small because it's such a giant category, but it grows. Where you know we hear a lot about X category Y, you know, oh, yeah. huge growth, you know, phenomenon. It's nothing to. I take mean, rye whiskey that. must sell one fiftieth of what vodka <laughs> right, sells, right. and, and mean, gets fifty times the press. Absolutely. And it's one of these things where, you know, people talk, bartenders, we, podcasts, writers, mm-hmm. all, you know, drink enthusiasts all talk about have their favorites. But, you know, vodka just keeps trucking along. But I mean, you know, you know I, I kind of think that's in some ways that's how it should be because yeah. uh, vodka is uh, very pleasant to drink. It's not very interesting to talk about sometimes. No. You know, like vodka cocktails are pleasant. They're nice. Right. And it's like – you shouldn't have to give a shit about your cocktail if you don't want right. to. That was part of its appeal, you know. Yeah. It, like, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's mm-hmm. been around for decades, it always mm-hmm. seems new. It always seems trendy. It also has this ability, like a chameleon, where it mutates, mm-hmm. and because it works with so many different ingredients and flavors, ginger beer is hot. It can blend with ginger beer. Right. If it's cranberry juice that's hot, it can blend with cranberry. It's like. Whatever is popular, it works with. And oh yeah, I mean, well, look thing. at look at uh, all the uh, like White Claw and all the RTDs now that right. are essentially uh, vodka sodas, you know, right. or or in conception, they're right. not really because they're brewed, <laughs> right? But they're For brewed, tax reasons, yeah. But they're brewed to neutra- neutrality. Exactly. So it's, I mean, uh, brewed basically to yeah. be. be vodka-like. Yeah, exactly. Is, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Where it's not even vodka, but things that are vodka-like yeah. sell well. You know, we see the run-up in the, you know, 70s, the disco era, you know, mm-hmm. nobody 
really talks about, you know, sort of the boom of vodka then, but really that's, you know. Oh, I mean, in shooters, you know. Oh, yeah. I drank a lot of kamikazes in the 70s. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> and, you know, as we talked about in the vodka cocktail episode, I mean, yeah. it's almost like every decade there's some breakout vodka oh, yeah. cocktail. I mean, it's an amazing thing where it's able to find just one or two drinks that become so popular. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, obviously the 80s and, and 90s, and we see this giant boom. Unlike other drinks, it's almost cyclical and then yeah. it's like a boom every 10 years, you know? But right, then it, right, but right. it doesn't really go away. But just, you know, exponential growth and then it just sort of calms down. Exponential yep. growth comes down. But it never we, – We'll probably do for another cycle now. <laughs> right. We've never seen it actually go down. Yeah. Now. No. I mean, that's the that's No, the crazy no. Its thing. growth rate goes down. Right. It, it just – the growth rate slows mm. and then it booms again. And that's then it, crazy. I mean, it's – and when you think about it in that terms, it's unbelievable. I know. And then, like, you know, it kind of mutates in that, you know, the last boom that we saw in the late 90s, 2000, we get all of these super premium vodkas from all Mm -hmm. over the world, from, you know, all over Europe, um, America, and people are, you know, drinking them in all types of new ways. And even, you know, this whole idea of the vodka soda where it, since maybe it was introduced, people are actually just drinking it essentially on its own. Right, or with, yeah, I with, mean the the one thing they're they're not doing, which always pains me, is my favorite way of drinking vodka, is you take it out of the freezer right. and and you know drink it in frozen shots. <laughs> well, maybe that's you know maybe that's I mean, coming maybe back. Maybe that's maybe coming that, back. Maybe I mean, we're that gonna is, start it here. That is a baller way of drinking vodka. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Eastern European way, where you oh yeah drink toasts and you've got your frozen yeah. vodka and uh, I mean it's it, craziness. I mean, you know that it's successful when you have all these people who hate on it. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you could see if you're if you're like a really intense mixologist, sure. who who really uh, revels in blending flavors, et cetera. It's got to be frustrating if people come in and just want like a vodka soda. Sure. And here I am, you know, I've right. I've, I've got all these skills. I've and, got a thirty ingredient drink. You don't want it? Yeah, like, you want, <laughs> exactly. Want vodka soda. And you know, we've spent we've gone right. to the ends of the earth right. to stock our back bar with uh, with <laughs> tinctures made with yeah, the rarest yeah, you know yeah, herbs yeah. and spices, South African beetle liquor. Right. And, I mean, you know, I, all no, that you're stuff. right. I mean, I get it. I but, mean, it's but I don't. You know, it's one of these things. Where I don't think vodka cares. No, like, I don't, no, you know, no. It's it just don't care. Like it, it keeps doing its thing. It's fine. It's, it's got its people. You don't like it? That's cool. Yeah. Like yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I mean, those people were never like craft cocktail people to begin with. Really, right? You know, I, it's, mean, <laughs> I mean, some some were. There are some you can make great craft cocktails with vodka. Yeah, but that's a small part of the vodka market. Yeah, the sort of Venn diagram between the two is where you have traditional, usually gin cocktails, where mm-hmm. they've been remade, where Mm-hmm. It's like a South Side, but with vodka, mm-hmm. or it's like, you know, a caipirinha, but made right. with vodka. You know, where right. I mean, none of these, they're all refreshing. I've had delicious ones. I mean, sometimes they're, you know, they're, they're not obnoxious. For years, given the type of uh, cachaça that we had in America, I'd rather have some of mm-hmm. those caipirinhas with vodka than, than some of the, the cachaças that we used to have here. Now, that's obviously been rectified, but well, I, uh, I still kind of like the ones that taste like <laughs> truck tires. <laughs> I, I, I learned at an early age, sure, I guess. Sure, you know. sure. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. You exactly. Know I, mean? I know. I know it's wrong. I'm excited to see where it goes. You know what? What is the yeah. next iteration? You know, I mean, it, it, what's the next? Because there will be another vodka. Oh, cocktail. there will. There be. always is another vodka cocktail. Yep. Well, what? What is it this time? What is it? You what know, are they going to figure out how to right, alcoholize? Right, right, right. I mean, they did like tomato juice. They did bouillon. Milk. They We've did got, orange juice. Got milk. We they got did. milk. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's yeah, so, what, what, yeah, club so, soda. So we move. 
what's the next yeah. great vodka cocktail? And and I think I mean vodka and gravy. I think really. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're there yet. I think there are a few other flavors. Oh, you think, you think so? Gravy's, but it's in the hopper. There's the hopper somewhere. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, bouillon's not that far from gravy. No, so, it's I not. Mean, it's not. You're 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 joking, mm-hmm. but it's sort of a half joke. Queso. Because, queso I mean, <laughs> hot sauce. I don't yeah, know. I yeah. mean, it could be a spicy, ooh, ooh. like you know, a shot that's half half you know, mm-hmm. hot sauce, half vodka. I could see that catching on. I could see I that mean, catching on. That's what keeps it interesting, and I think you know these types of trends and types of like. You know, drink creation, the ones oh, yeah. that go mass. It's always it's always interesting to see where they go. You never know. We have a special guest with us today, Carl Nolet from the Nolet family in Holland, who makes Kettle One Vodka. Welcome, Carl. How are you doing today? Outstanding, Noah. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure. Um, obviously, your family has been in the liquor business for it's four hundred plus years, right? Is that? It's three hundred and twenty-eight, but I'll, I'll go with your four hundred. Right. Three hundred and twenty-eight right. years and eleven generations strong. All right. Started in sixteen ninety-one. Sixteen ninety-one. I've rounded up a little bit, but I was close. Uh, I like that roundup. <laughs> We've been talking about, you know, vodka and, you know, today and sort of the, the rise of vodka in America and how it's, you know, become such a powerhouse. I think it's about three out of every 10 bottles sold in America are, are vodka, a little bit more than that. And, you know, you were one of the people who really turned Americans on to vodka. You came over in... 1990. 1990, and it was to, I guess, first to New York to introduce Americans to, to Kettle One. My dad, uh, Noah, gave me $27,500 and a one-way ticket from Amsterdam to uh, beautiful New York and a bottle of Kettle One in my hand. And he said, son, uh, this is the best vodka that I know how to make. As your father and as a uh, uh, the 10th generation of the Nolet family, in all of our distilling techniques that we apply to it, the beautiful pot still, et cetera. And I need you to go over there and, uh, and try. We had, we had had, as you remember, a, a, a distillery right before Prohibition. Uh, my great-grandfather built a distillery in Baltimore. That was 1898, opened its doors and uh, enjoyed it um, for uh, all that time until Prohibition came 1919, 1920. So we had not had a chance to come back to the U.S., and this was our first attempt, and uh, that was uh, it was it was it was a lot of fun. And as you said, the uh, the, the vodka uh, was just about to explode. Uh, there were some wonderful brands that uh, opened it up uh, for us. The consumer was really uh, enticed by the proposition of this marvelous, wonderful uh, drink. Um, and there were you know we even campaigns many many years ago. There was you know odorless and this and that and so there was there was some intrigue to it and i think the three martini lunch in the 80s helped uh catapult our our vodka category like no tomorrow for the hundreds of years that your family has been making alcohol a lot of it has been making geneva which is the the signature spirit of of holland when did the let's start to make vodka we have labels that date back uh 120 130 years ago Uh, we have even little ad campaigns Um, and they, they're translated in, um, you know, it, it leaves you breathless right. uh, with uh, some of our vodka brands that we were promoting and, and making in those days. 
Um, I wouldn't recommend doing that today anymore, <laughs> by the way, but that was 120 years sure, ago. Sure. So sure. we have always been a white spirit distiller uh, in all of our 328 years of, of history. And that's where our expertise lies and um, working uh, together and making sure that we uh, travel around the world, finding the great quality ingredients that we can make all of our products with. And you're 100% correct. I mean, it was the Geneva gin, uh, of course, uh, related to that in the vodka uh, category. And um, currently, we have our beautiful Nolets gin, as you know, our Kettle One and our Kettle One Botanicals, which I took a, a total different approach to uh, what, what I thought the future was, together with my brother as the 11th generation, that uh, we're simply caretakers of a family business. That's all we need to do. That's what we've been told as soon as you join the company. You only have one job, and it's to keep the doors of this family business open and, and hopefully successfully trans, transform it and, and uh, give it to the next generation. So that's, that's all we do. And in that same beautiful run of usually uh, 25 years of learning and 25 years of managing it, uh, you make some uh, fantastic products that we are very fortunate that our uh, wonderful fans and consumers enjoy. When you came over here in, in 1990, you know, it was obviously a different era in cocktails and drinks. Was vodka like a hard sell to get people to try? What is always a hard sell is if you're if you're the newbie and nobody right. knows about you. So what we took as a different approach um, is is uh, we we started telling and sharing the story of what's inside the bottle. We were not concerned about how beautiful the bottle looked, although I'm proud of what the bottle looks like. That's not the point. Right. But the story was our distilling techniques, and and everybody else was uh, talking about advertising campaigns. I remember our wonderful, uh, one of our competitive brands with Andy Warhol and all that sure. stuff, fashion. I mean, it was fantastic, but never uh, spoke about what's inside the bottle. Uh, even made the bottle shape uh, do the talking for the brand. For us, it was about our pot still. It was about uh, removing the impurities of the alcohol, our distilling techniques that we are, you know, as a family, so very proud of the ingredients that we use, the, uh, the, the wheat fields and everything that we have done of all these years. So I just went out and, and had a, a simple goal of 25 accounts and trying to convince them that, you know, our vodka uh, would stand up against any other vodka in a taste test. Uh, we did them blind and uh, only uh, somebody on their side knew what was what. People were very convinced that they would know and pick their vodka that they loved and came to a, a huge surprise when they uh, continually picked our kettle one. Mm. So then there was a very simple sales effort after that. And now you have it in an account. That doesn't mean you're going to sell it. You still have to do it. So we did uh, training seminars with all the staff, and we made them aware and did that same taste test. So we made the bartenders, the wait staff, and everybody uh, get involved in the early 1990s and um, started started really becoming our uh, voice for Kettle One. People ordered another brand of a vodka, and they said, have you ever tried Kettle One? They go, like, no, what is that? And then they explained because they had done a seminar and a, and a training uh, to understand what this was all about. It was just not a bottle yeah. on their back bar that had a name on it. It became part of their DNA, their heart and soul. And very proud when people actually had it. And they go like, oh my gosh, that is really, really good. Thank you for recommending it. It's very similar to what the chef does when he makes his uh, specials and shares everything in passion sure. and excitement about this, you know, the things that he has for the specials on tonight, Friday night. And you can see when the waiter is, is really as tasted it and believes in it, 
because that's what he or she will be selling the whole entire night. So, and that that approach we've taken, and uh, it it really worked. We're fortunate enough to uh, twenty uh, what is it now twenty nine years later from the day that I came and set foot in, here in the U.S. to start Kettle One, to still be here. Um, father of seven kids <laughs> and. Um, Pretty decent business. That's good. It seems vodka has this amazing talent of changing with different cocktail and drink tastes, you know, from, you know, sort of year in and year out. If you look at the sort of major cocktails over the last roughly 30 years or so, so many of them call for vodka. What is it about vodka that allows it to sort of be in the right place at the right time over and over again? It's it's one of the most um, marvelous ingredients uh, that one can distill it is uh, it's it's its finest in its uh, simplest form i call it kiss i might keep it simple and and vodka has that uh, incredible ingredient of uh, the simplicity in it and therefore it can be used in so many different types of of cocktails so many different types of trends it really is if you look at it it's a blank canvas uh, and, and and that's what is ideal for a painter. Not even a color. It's a blank canvas, and you can start painting any way, shape, or form you want to. And that's what vodka does for you. If you're in the brown spirits, you already have color. It, it works against you. If you have this, if you have other things, I mean, it is. The next best thing after that is is our uh, is our gin category. And again, it lends itself because it's a white spirit, and you can do a lot with it. But the gin also comes with its own huge character, um, and that is fantastic by itself. So vodka will always uh, be a uh, a large ingredient in any cocktail, in any future, in any trend, because it's just the most beautiful blank canvas that you can start with, delicious product. Vodka has obviously been, you know, the best-selling spirit in America now for years. Is there another category that you think could challenge vodka's supremacy, like in the near future? Well, the bourbon whiskey category has done a great job, and I think they've challenged it, and they may have even taken it for a little bit of time. And I believe, I believe vodka is back on on top of the uh, on on top of the hill, on top of the throne. So in that category, it's all about uh, innovation and you know line extensions that have really made that a fantastic thing. Um, I believe in ours. Uh, if you take, for example, our Kettleman Botanical, what I've done there uh, together with my brother is took a whole different approach on what the future of vodka could look like. And it is, it is an approach, actually, that, more, that looks like more like a, a gin with all of its wonderful uh, botanical assets to it, yet a vodka at a lower alcohol of 73. Uh, sorry, a 30% alcohol, 73 calories. Uh, there's, there's, there's no carbs. There's no sugar. Hmm. Um, there's, it's 100% non-GMO. Um, this is, I mean, this is a different approach, and it seems that uh, today, um, you know, that's that's where the health and wellness of of drinking is is heading towards. So when you see that, uh, I think we're you know at the forefront. We're we're leading the uh, the whole sphere of this new found category, and um, that's where that's where it's all heading towards. So if I talk to my friends in in the bartending world, and you see the cocktails that are making. Um, it is all a little bit less alcohol, all uh, way more focused on the ingredients, and everything has to be real. They don't like the sugar aspects of it anymore. And it's just, you know, it's, it's something that uh, is going to be here. It's going to stay. 
And not that the cosmopolitan will ever go away. That's not what I'm saying. But it's a, a whole new category, a newfound category in, in our uh, uh, vodka world. When you came over originally in 1990, were, were you ever worried that vodka wouldn't catch on in America? Or were you pretty confident that this was going to succeed here? No, I was uh, 21 years young, uh, probably uh, 70 pounds lighter. <laughs> and at the age of 21, you, you do not have that understanding of, of that fear right. that something wasn't going to work out. And I mean, I was, I was shared a message from my dad that this was the best vodka in, in a bottle. And my job was to multiply, to multiply through my distributor, to multiply through uh, my uh, bartender friends, restaurants and liquor stores, liquor clerks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I was, uh, all I was doing is, is sharing the story of our family business and how our vodka was made and why it was different and did tastings, tastings, tastings. And I was the happy individual riding a wave that that was that was just incredible, and um, through making great products as we do in our family, our kettle one blossomed. The uh, distributor sales folks uh, took it to heart; they loved it. They were proud of it that they were selling it. Uh, they shared it with their friends. The owner, uh, particularly like Mr. John Maglioco uh, from Peerless in 1990, he embraced our brand kettle one. Uh, he embraced me. As a family friend, um, I slept on, on a pull-out couch uh, for three and a half years in New York City. Uh, 85th and Columbus is where I started. Tiny, tiny little apartment. Made my way with Kettle One. It's just so wonderful, but I'm for eternally grateful for the love that Mr. Magliocco and his family have shown, his organization. And we, we grew in New York City, uh, and we grew throughout the whole entire country. And every sales force... I'm a street guy. This is not, I'm, I don't sit in a, a palace. Um, may come to a shock that in our family, not many of them actually graduated from college. Uh, I did three and a half years, and it's hard to explain to your seven kids right now that, you're, that their father did not finish uh, college. And that after three and a half years, uh, I, I basically put the towel in and said, that's enough, I'm going to work. And thank goodness it paid off. Uh, that that is definitely uh, absolutely a good thing. Yeah. But you know, our kids now in the world that they're living, it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy. All the pressures that they're having, and I'm very proud of all of them. They're incredible kids. They got uh, two have already uh, graduated. Um. So uh, their father didn't. Their grandfather didn't. I don't know for a fact their great grandfather didn't. So there's the first in uh, in four generations, and hopefully uh, all these great assets uh, of new, new, little no-lets coming on this planet will make a difference, uh, as many of them before them have done it too. So Amazing. very, very proud dad and a very uh, a proud uh, owner of a wonderful business called Kettle One and No-Lets Gin. Thank you so much for joining us today, Carl. I really appreciate it. No, I thank you for uh, always uh, thinking of us and uh, giving us the time to uh, to share with your audience uh, a little bit about our little family business. Uh, come and visit us. Any of the folks that are listening, please. This is a family business. It's seeing and believing. Uh, and that's uh, that's how we do it. So if you're in the Netherlands, uh, it, we're a quick stop away from Amsterdam. Uh, just go on www.kettle1.com, find our contact information, and say, hey, I was listening to Noah on this wonderful podcast <laughs> talking about vodka. I happen to be in Amsterdam. May I come and, and visit the Nolet Distillery? We're there. Our doors are always open. I look forward to that. All right. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.
great. And we're back, Dave. I, I know uh, we will uh, see some interesting vodka cocktails coming down the pipe um, any day now. I, you know, I will. Uh, and meanwhile, I'll just uh, put another bottle in my freezer. <laughs> exactly. and, uh, we'll, do, we'll, we'll repair to the freezer right yep, now for yeah, some Yeah, drink shop. some toasts. Exactly. Uh, Start getting your toasts ready. To your health. Nos drove you. Cheers.